0: This episode of the Belong podcast is sponsored by Quest Carbon Bikes, assembled and imagined right here on Prince Edward Island. Affordable, full carbon mountain bikes and fat bikes. Why carbon, you might ask? Because it's light and it makes you go faster. And it's way easier to lift your bike onto your bike rack or throw it into your trunk. What's your next quest? Check out Quest Carbon at questcarbon.com. Hi everyone, hope you are all staying safe at home where you belong. Speaking of home, today's guest is my sister Linda. She's at her home in Ottawa and I'm here at my home in Stratford PEI. And together with our brothers and parents, our home was in Moncton until we all got scattered about. Now our family is pretty unique in that all four of us King Kids are adopted and that we all have different experiences with what that means to each of us and our sense of belonging. Here's my long distance chat with my sister, Linda, and please excuse the intermittent sound blips. It's not a perfect world right now.
1: Sister Linda, welcome to the Belong podcast. Sister Cynthia, I'm honored to be here. (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's awesome. Oh my God, where do we start? Uh <laughs> well I think one of the things that um stands out is the fact that after that first episode so many people wanted to know more. And wait a minute, you have other siblings who are adopted, like these are people that clearly we didn't grow up with and didn't know. Um and so that really spurred me on to say, "Oh, well maybe that would be of interest." And and uh, you were graciously um, accepting of the idea and agreed to do this. So thank you. Um,
1: You're very welcome.
0: Yeah, I think that, you know, with regards to our family and the fact that all four of us were adopted, we were seen as a bit of an anomaly from the outside looking in. But I don't think we really saw it that way. Our parents had had told us from as early on as I can remember that we were adopted and we carried on not really... thinking that that was as odd as weird or as weird as other people thought?
1: I don't know if it would be weird. I think it was just so unique. You know, all the families in our neighborhood were were large families like ours, but they were, I mean, they looked like each other. They were not adopted. You know, one other family in the neighborhood. Other than that, we were the exception for sure. So, I mean, we were unique. There was no one else in in the neighborhood like us, that's for sure. No. But it puts you in a spot too, where where so many times people would say, "Oh, you look so much like your mom or your dad or your sister or whatever," and we'd be like, "Yeah, right," because we all knew you <laughs> down. But I mean, I don't know. I was I was kind of a uh, uh, the 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 darker of the clan. So it uh, oh, it were be, you I mean, now? I <laughs> think I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, think yeah.
1: Yeah, I had the the, the uh. The darker complexion, the curly hair, not 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 looking like my sister, <laughs> let's just say.
0: No, the fair haired Yeah, I yeah, know. We were all a little bit different, but it was just kind of odd when we were really young. I just didn't feel like that was anything, you know, too unique at, when I was super young. But only when I got older did I realize that that was indeed... Something
1: different well and I look back at pictures now of us um, as a family especially the kids and you and I were dressed alike so many pictures like mom would make a dress blue and blue and me and pink and your nightie and my nightie and in front of the fireplace or whatever we we're we were just alike almost like she she wanted twin girls you know like she I don't know and we just kind of well
0: that's kind of funny because she is a twin
1: I know yeah I know yeah I don't know. I, didn't, I didn't now think it's
0: kind of freaky.
1: It is, yeah. Ricky. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Rethink that environment over genetic differences. Yeah,
0: <laughs> exactly, right? Like, for anyone listening, my our mother is an identical twin. And then Linda gave birth to twins. And it's kind of like, what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there's that whole nature nurture thing. Well, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so last week I interviewed um, a guy named Ryan Hicks and he mentioned finding his tribe and his career choices and other things. And that idea really resonated with me. And when I think about you, I already know that you definitely have found tribes in your life, especially like when you think of all the different sports that you've been involved with, especially rugby and then you have these really solid friend groups. And, you know, I just get the sense from that that you really have a sense of tribe in your life.
1: I think rugby for me has been a really solid place for me to belong no matter where I've lived. So I moved to a new city. I open up the phone book. I call a rugby club and I have an instant family. On top of my cool. other family, it was just they were there all the time. It was my my outlet. It was my therapy. Um, it was my friendships. It was my camaraderie. I played hard on the field. I played hard off the field. It just fit my personality. Mm-hmm. I think as rebellious as I was as a kid and as a teenager, I could channel that in rugby. And uh, through twenty years yeah. of playing and twenty plus years of coaching, it's been <clears throat> it's been wonderful. It's been a good place to belong for sure.
0: Yeah, it's it's really interesting how we whether consciously or subconsciously search that out and I'm wondering because I don't know for me I've thought about it but for you being adopted and all that goes with that do you think that when you search those things out that you have more intent or do you just think that you're like nobody you're like everybody else who moves around and joins clubs
1: no, I, I think that there was a little more intent to that because there was kind of this flailing that I think I went through as a, as a kid. Um, I had a bit of mm-hmm. a, a love-hate relationship with a lot of adults in my life. And um, I was probably mm-hmm. one of the most difficult teenagers mom raised. <laughs> and I, I know I, I offered her I don't struggles. know about that. <laughs> I know I offered her struggles <laughs> and challenges. But then on the other hand, um, I found myself in a in a situation in university where I was uh, a teenage mom, and uh, I placed my child for adoption, and that that whole decision making process and that whole making my first decision for myself process was surreal to me, and I really grew as a human. I oh yeah. I got a sense of humor. I I I learned. And I have control over my life, and I think that's a big part of mm-hmm. this: how we fit into this big planet. You know, I'm an ad, I'm an adopted kid, yeah, and
0: yeah.
1: I, not flailing, but I mean, I was strong and confident, and but I was always looking for something else. Always, as you said in your first podcast, yeah. and it's, it's something that adopted people always strive for. I, mm-hmm. you know. It's so true. I really, really felt that finding my birth mother was going to, you know, solve all my problems in the world. Well, I did meet her when I was a mother of four <laughs> kids. Well, didn't change much.
0: Yeah. So tell us about that. I mean, you've already now just mentioned the fact that you did place a child for adoption when you were in your university. Mm-hmm. So there's that whole story um, and, you know, how that really helped ground you and, and kind of pushed you into that grown-up world. Um, tell us about that search that you were looking for in your birth mother.
1: Well, I think when or I... my birth
0: parents, I should say.
1: Yeah, when I found out I was, I was pregnant, um, I think that there was a lesson that my birth mother gave me, and that was showing me the value of, of human life, and nine months is not a long time in the big picture of things. Um, it also really uh, put a wall up with my parents because I had ne- I would never talk to my parents about that and so it's something I did very much mm-hmm. on my own. I isolated myself I reached out to a my dad's best friend and he helped me along but other than that I basically did this all by myself I stayed in university I mm-hmm. finished school I went home at Christmas like everything was just normal as can be and I had a few people confront me, but other than that, it was carry on, you know. So that whole mm-hmm. process of doing something for myself uh, and learning something from a woman I'd never mm. met before was pretty driving for me mm. because she helped me make a decision for me and for and for my daughter. Cool. So that was pretty real. Um, awesome. I, I mean, my mother went to her grave. Yeah. Her and I never discussed it. I uh, I only told dad about yeah. my daughter 3 years ago. So it was yeah, quite a big secret we all get in my life. to know stuff. Yeah. So when she found me 15 16 years ago, she came into my life and she she, she just fit again. And 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 that yeah. whole fitting, that whole puzzle piece going in just like made the picture mm-hmm. more clear. So that yeah, when that's I that's so
0: true. It um, feels Feels more complete.
1: Yeah, as I'm sitting here doing my sixth puzzle, the analogy is very real.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> COVID puzzles. COVID puzzles. The theme of the I'm long going. podcast. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Well, that that is unique. I mean, for somebody who was it was adopted and then place somebody for adoption, you really have a full spectrum of how all of that feels from both perspectives of being the birth mother and being the person that's adopted. And so then you eventually searched or tell me how you came to learn about who better who your birth mother and birth father were.
1: Well, I had um, received some non-identifying information from the government, which, uh, as we know, it's 90% written up by a stranger and maybe 10% true. <laughs> um, but I'd had my, my adoption papers, yeah. so I knew my birth mother's name. Um, I found out um, a few details through some searching through friends and family, but very little. Um my Alec mm-hmm. auntie told me that where she was from. I didn't know where she was from, so auntie told me the town that she was from in Nova Scotia. I didn't know that. Anyhow, um, mm. I mean, I'm pr- after seeing how I was raised. I was probably a fetal alcohol child because I was the result of an Oktoberfest party at Mount Allison University in 1962. So. Oh. <laughs> it ain't so oh my god it makes so much sense oh my god
0: linda that explains everything <laughs> just joking
1: but anyhow, <laughs> does not um, explain it <laughs> uh, as i as i trickled through my investigations i did find out that she she left mount allison in, in uh, the spring of 63 and went off and had me and placed mm-hmm. me for adoption and i i, I choose that word carefully and place because as 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 an adoptee mm-hmm. and as adoptive mother, you never give your child for adoption. And people say that word all the time. And it drives me crazy because you place them. You don't give them. You never give that child. It's always a part and You of know it.
0: what? I didn't learn that until, and I didn't learn that language until you told me. Because yeah. I always said growing up, I was given up for adoption.
1: Yeah, no, you're never. I heard.
0: always said it that way. I never yeah. said, I would said, oh, yeah, I was placed for adoption. I always said I was given up. Yeah. So it's interesting language, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and it it but it it, I don't know. Being the person with two perspectives as an adoptee and adoptive mom, you never you never give.
0: Exactly.
1: Yeah, you never do, and that right. that's a huge you new know, respect for both my birth mother and all of our birth mothers and our mother, because I mean she was a bear. She was a very protective. You know, you don't touch her her babies. Mm-hmm. You know, she was a mama bear for sure. Mm-hmm. Um and I get that now, and mom didn't even have us, you know, like, that's, that's pretty incredible,
0: like, maybe she was more protective because of that, though, like, I don't know, imagine being her, like, she has an identical twin sister who gave birth to five children, and then she, her and dad adopted four, and, like, that's, that extra feeling of, of, as you say, mama bear protecting her bear, her baby bears like, it might have been even more
1: emphasized. I don't know. I know. She had high expectations of us, which which I think any person would. But mom had very, like, she expected things to be at a certain standard. You know, they, mediocrity was not okay. Mm-hmm. And settling was not okay. You, yeah. You know, that's just Hallelujah. how mom, that's a lot about how mom was, though, I think. Um, yeah, for sure. Anyway. I don't know. I I look so, at me now as my mother and I look yes. at how mom was and I don't know. There's a lot of uh interesting yeah. parallels.
0: <laughs> it's funny how that turns out, eh. We don't you love it when you know you're the person you love in our case we have partners or husbands um saying things like, "Oh my god, you're just like your mom." Don't you just love that? Jesus.
1: <laughs> Sometimes yeah, reference is not in the bad things.
0: <laughs> I think that might have been the only time I ever hit somebody was when they said that to me. Yeah,
1: that's right. Yeah. But, yeah.
0: but there's a period of our lives that we go through when we're younger, I think, where we're we're determined not to be like our mothers, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. And sure. we do everything
1: but that's differently. A, that's and we're, that's we're sense proud of, the, of
0: doing it differently.
1: That's a sense of independence too. Yeah. Like, that's, that's part of growing of up course, and separating from your parental units. I don't think that yeah. has anything to do with adoption. You have
0: to cut the apron strings.
1: Yeah. No, I don't. No, I agree. No, Because
0: good. then later in life, yeah, and as you grow older, like I found, you know, before before mom passed and before she uh, was diagnosed with Alzheimer's and dementia, like, I was proud if somebody said that. hmm Because... I thought, yeah, of course, well, you know, I was proud of, of, being compared to my mom at, at late, much later in life, of course. But anyways, we, you know, we were on the topic of belonging. And what I found really interesting about the fact that you get to have those two experiences was kind of your approach to, you know, whether, you know, how that, changed your own sense of being adopted. Like when you placed Stephanie for adoption, um, how, you know, and you expressed how that really catapulted you into being a grown up and sense of yourself and how did it kind of change or did it change um, your perspective on, being
1: adopted it had a huge impact because when my daughter was born I wanted a sense of control over where she went the social worker at the hospital tried to say no no we'll take care of everything and I said no no this is not how this is going Mm -hmm. to work um I was raised by a stay-at-home mom and a professional father and I had siblings and I was Anglo-Saxon um Protestant Um, Christian. Mm -hmm. And I want that for my child Mm -hmm. because I turned out okay, so let's try that. So I say to my daughter often, you are Mm handpicked because her family was handpicked out of many other families. And it just gave me a sense of settle that, okay, I turned out all right with this combination of events. So maybe she will too. You know, her mom was a a nurse by trade, but a stay at home. Her father was an engineer. She had two brothers. I'm like, perfect. This is exactly where it's going to go. Cool. It just gave me a sense of, of comfort that all the all the tools are there mm-hmm. in the toolbox. So she's going to be fine, just like mm-hmm. I was fine, and she'll find me one day, and we'll have a conversation about that. And I'm very lucky to say that I've had that privilege. So it's pretty cool.
0: What was that like meeting her for the first time?
1: Surreal, surreal. I uh, we were we're at a park, and uh, we met under a tree. And uh, I grabbed her by the face and said, you're real. Because the Polaroid picture I'd had of her had <laughs> faded. And she, I I knew she was real, but she was really real then. But she looks, she looks more like Juicy <laughs> than she does like me. You know, she looks like my birth mother. Oh, I don't
0: think so. I think she looks like you.
1: Oh, do you? I mean, the cheeks and stuff, personality for sure. She she looks like Ali. Oh, yeah, yeah, but then, yeah, she looks like your kids. Yeah, I guess. But the blonde hair and the green eyes? She totally does. like The blonde hair, green eyes is yeah, definitely, my definitely my birth mother. Yeah. yeah, definitely my birth mother. Right. Anyway, I don't know. You, you... When I met my birth mother, I was a mother of three kids, under three. Uh, she was mm-hmm. 52 years old. Yeah. She walked into my house, and I took one look at her, and she had blonde, curly hair, and I went, Okay. <laughs> who are you <laughs> she wasn't receptive to answering a lot of yeah. my questions she asked me a lot of questions uh we wrote back and forth yeah. several months prior but it was there was no yeah. there was no magical it just interesting it, it just happened and it was over and i have not talked to her mm-hmm. since then so yeah,
0: yeah, I did the same actually when I met mine. But, um, it's interesting because you talk about like you took a look at her and you realized, oh my god, we don't even look alike. And it sounds, and I used to say this to other people too. It sounds kind of vain when I used to say, you know, I didn't look like anybody when I met them. And but do you know what? Um, the
1: there's coolest... something
0: about wanting to look
1: like somebody. I know, and the coolest thing is. All four of us have kids that Mm. look like us. Like,
0: like, I know it's,
1: oh my God, it's uncanny how much our kids look like us, not like us. We have mini me's. What's, oh, we do. Oh my God.
0: And then it also makes me realize that. I know, but it, then it's like, oh yeah, the rest of the world has kids that look like them too. I know,
1: but we're not used to that. But, <laughs> but We're not so, used to that. We're just a like, whole thing for us. I know.
0: Like when our kids were born, it was like the first time we ever met anybody that looked like us, which was such a cool experience, right? Yeah. Let's get into let's get into the DNA stuff because <laughs> here's the thing, right? And we've talked about it a little bit our whole lives. We always thought that you must have had some Aboriginal or African blood, you know, as you said, your skin is darker, you've got that tight curly hair. And I mean, we had really good reason to think that. And you, I think, were given a hint at some point that that could possibly be true. Mm -hmm. But what happened when you did the DNA testing, like through 23 me like I did.
1: So so you know, you just you, you spit and, and you mail and then you wait and you get it back and your your expectations are, I don't know if it's just gonna affirm something or like I knew it. <laughs> but then I open it up and it says I'm 98% Irish and two percent Spanish. And I'm like, what? This makes no sense. And then I <laughs> well no. the it, I, Anyway, so I do a little more research on the, the, the site because it's really quite good. It gives you a map, actually, to where you are and uh, find mm-hmm. out I'm Black Irish. And the fact that I have Irish blood, just it just resonates with me.
0: <laughs> it suits my personality. Well, it resonates <laughs> with me knowing that about you, too. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Hello? Yeah. Like, didn't you play on a rugby team once that was called the Irish uh, or something? Ottawa
1: Irish Rugby Club, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, Yeah. and like you act Irish,
1: and I'm i married in Irish. Whatever that means. Yeah,
0: um, but I just think that's just so amazing because, you know, it, it, the DNA is not, not lying, you know.
1: No, and And not exactly twenty percent. It's it's ninety eight percent. Like it's it's like you're
0: (laughs) practically a hundred percent Irish. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, if you do have any Spanish blood in you or black Irish blood in you it's so minute yeah that you're lucky you even get tanned in the summer
1: yeah that's right
0: so you you definitely are a bit of a freak of nature in my opinion but (laughs) oh thank you know like 100 percent Irish (laughs) like anyone who knows you who's met you for the first time that would be the last thing that they would think
1: yeah probably
0: based on your looks yeah. You know, like, yeah. cause we typically think of fair haired and maybe even some red hair, you know, the Irish, yeah. but, uh, no. So that's cool. I mean, that you found that out and, and that you actually identified with that. Yeah. Which is neat.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think my, my clan or my tribe started the day I brought my daughter Katie home, uh, from the hospital because well, my first daughter was born in the same hospital 10 years earlier. And so that day that I brought Katie home was the day that I really felt like our tribe or our clan was starting and I could use the influences oh, cool. of yeah. both of my my people, my kings and my Cunninghams, to create our tribe. And then I proceeded to have three kids under two and had a huge respect for mom because, whoa, <laughs> how did you do that without pampering and microwaves? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um and and anybody Seriously. who spent any time in our family knows that our house has just been a welcoming place um, for for mm-hmm. anyone. And and I really wanted to. I think that's how Paul and I just are, and mm-hmm. that's attributed to both sides of who made me. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, it's been a pretty cool journey. I'm not gonna lie.
0: You know, what's cool is, is the fact that, um, so, okay. Let's say if you're a hundred more or less a hundred percent Irish and I have 50% Scottish Irish and the other 50% is Chinese and, um, Polish Ukrainian, like we could actually be connected as eight cousins nine times removed or something like that. So maybe we really are. Maybe. <laughs> we both have Nova Scotia roots like related. <laughs> could be. That's true. You never know. This is you a very, know. very small world. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Maritime. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, well, listen, uh, I have one more question. Um, and if you think out, so think of your journey to date, you know, your whole, that whole journey of, of being adopted, placing someone for adoption, finding birth parents, finding more about who they are, um, and all of that. And then of course, just life in general, who would you like to thank if you were going to thank somebody right
1: now? Who would I like to thank? yeah hmm hmm well I guess I'd have to start with my birth mother because she started this whole process and a decision that she or somebody else made for her in 1962 if, she, if that hadn't been done then this wouldn't be happening and those series of choices yeah. along that route have brought me to where I am now I'm, I'm not a big believer in faith, cool. but I do believe in choice that you make and uh, the ramifications of decisions and consequences and that type of thing. And um, I, I I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's been many people on my train ride of life, many that have influenced me that I would like to yeah. think, but I think I'd have to start with my birth mother, whether it was her decision or not. Oh, I think that's awesome. where I'd have to start. Yeah.
0: Yeah cool. Here's to birth mothers, like, to including birth mother. you.
1: Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank How you
0: does- so much for agreeing to do this, Linda. It, it's been great. I mean, I'm glad we got to have a few laughs in there, and but I kind of feel like we just could go on and on for hours, but um, I'd really like to thank you for doing this.
1: You're welcome, son.
0: All right. Love you. Love you too, honey. <laughs> All right. Thanks. We'll talk soon. Bye. Bye. Well, thank you to my sister, Linda. That was great. Thank you for sharing your experiences and pieces of your heart today with everyone. And thank you for listening. I'm Cynthia King, and I hope you belong right here with us next week.